For the last 22 years, I've been rocking stages, playing in clubs, and having a lot of fun as a DJ and turntablist, and I've seen and learned a lot. Now it's time for me to share that knowledge by answering the questions that can help you become a better DJ. I'm DJ TLM, and this is Share the Knowledge. Today's podcast is brought to you by Banzoogle. One, two, one, two. What's going on? It's your boy, DJ TLM, and you're checking out the Share the Knowledge podcast. This is my educational podcast for DJs. This is where I like to talk about anything and everything DJ related. And of course, this is where I answer a lot of your questions. Now, if you want to ask me a question for a future episode, you can reach me through a lot of different uh, social platforms. So I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram, uh, Snapchat. I'm basically everywhere. But... The best place to ask your question is either in the comment section on YouTube, that's youtube.com slash DJTLMTV. On Facebook, try to stick to my Facebook group. I made a share the knowledge Facebook group, so I'll have the link in the description box down below. And on IG, on Instagram, uh, either in the comments or DMs. Now, I'm on Twitter, I'm on SoundCloud, I'm everywhere, but I found out that I kind of neglect a lot of those places. So I saw some comments on my SoundCloud that were made like months ago, uh, or questions asking, messages, um, and I missed out on those. So you can check me there, but it might take a long time for me to answer. And with Facebook, the messages over there, that got just clotted up, and I'm going to try to make that a little more uh, uh, centered around the Facebook group. So that's that. Now, for more info about the podcast, you can check out the Share the Knowledge podcast uh, website. I'll have the link in the description box as well, sharethenowledgepodcast.com. And for all my info, djtlm.com. Now, that's the little plug, getting that all out there. Oh, special message for my uh, YouTube subscribers. If you're subscribed to DJTLM TV, uh, much love. If you're not, make sure you do. But normally I never ask for this, but I'm going to do that now because I've definitely seen some changes uh, that were made by YouTube. And that has to do with the notifications. Now, I'm not all about that notification squad. Um, what you see a lot of these channels do, uh, binging them up. But uh, I found out that they made some changes to the way they present videos, even to their subscribers. And a lot of you are missing out on my videos. Just to give you an example, my latest video was dropped, uh, I don't know, like four days ago. I think it's at 1400 views. That's what I normally do in the first day. That tells me that the video is not reaching even my subscribers. Um, so the best thing you can do is actually turn on the notifications because that's going to improve the chances of you actually getting that video in your feed. Um, so just had to plug that for a second. Now, today's show is going to be a little bit different. Normally, I have a couple of questions lined up, questions that I take either from my email, djtlmtv at djtlm.com or the comment section from any of those places. Um, in this case, I haven't done that. We got Easter weekend uh, over here. It's Monday now. They have a an extra day off the kids so i've been just uh, spending time with the fam not preparing to show this time but i always have plenty of things to talk about when it comes to djing so uh, i'm uh, never worried about that and i do remember that i saw something on ig yesterday that's where i'm going to start this show and um i forgot who posted that so uh no credits here i'm sorry forgive me um but the post was basically a quote from a club owner and to summarize, the club owner basically said that 
Anytime he sees a DJ come in, walk in with a controller, he gets a little bit scared because a lot of these new DJs learn the DJ on a controller and that's the only piece of kit they know how to use and uh, that's why they bring it. Now, of course, I have nothing against people bringing their own equipment. I have my preferences as well. So I have my technical writer that states that I need turntables and a certain mixer. But in most cases here, they don't have the mixer I want. So I bring my S9, um, but that's just preference. But the reason the club owner was on about this is because these new DJs learn how to DJ on a controller. And if you've ever used a controller, that is just a piece of equipment that you connect to your computer with a USB cable, and then you're connected. That's it. And basically, you're good to go. Now, of course, some of these controllers will have an audio output, um, in most cases, just RCA. Um, but that's it. So what the club owner meant is a lot of those DJs have no idea how to troubleshoot because they have no knowledge of how everything works in a club. So they don't know the difference between an RCA, a quarter inch, and an XLR cable, just to give you an example. Um, they might not have ever seen ground wire and stuff like that. Um, so I get that point. The only thing I saw in the comment section was that a lot of people kind of misread the the quote or didn't really catch the drift of the uh, uh the message because this wasn't really an anti-controller statement it was more of a statement that a lot of new djs are not really getting all of the basic knowledge in because they're starting out with equipment that doesn't require you to know what you needed to know when you had, for instance, turntables or even CDJs, because if you bought turntables, you had to buy turntables and a mixer. You had to know how to connect the ground wire from the turntables to the mixer and RCA to the input on the mixer. Most of the time that turned uh, that mixer would have either XLR out or it would have the, the jack, the quarter inch out. So you get familiar with different kinds of cables and plugs. And of course, then we had to have like little adapters if you wanted to connect different things. And if you had jack, but you only had like a quarter inch input, you have to get those extra plugs to put on those RCA cables and on and on and on. Um, that does teach you more about equipment which will help you out when you get to a club and you use a different mixer because even if you have a different mixer, that mixer will still have the same types of in and outputs and um, you got familiar with whatever was in the club, especially when you were starting out as a DJ. You, you did not bring your beginner mixer to a club. You would use what was in the club. And I remember when I started, like most clubs didn't even have mixers with crossfaders yet. They had like these big mixers from a brand called DotTech. Um, wide, big mixers with these incredibly long channel faders, and most of them had no crossfader. So it was totally different than my little two-channel um, mixer that I was using at home. But it teaches you a lot if you learn how to work all that different equipment. Um, I know I, I did gigs with all sorts of equipment that I had never used before, but I understood the basics. So... I knew how to get the job done, even though I definitely had to step outside of my comfort zone. In the long run, doing that multiple times 
teaches you a lot and makes you a better, more all-around DJ. So the reason why I bring this up is, of course, you have this stigma when it comes to the controller DJs, but you cannot judge a book by its cover because I know that you have like veteran DJs out there DJing for 20, 30 plus years who just got tired of carrying records and they're not really into DVS using Serato with turntables and they actually play with a controller. But I'm talking about DJs that they were DJing when I was just a teen. They've been at it for 30 plus years. So they know everything about all the cables and plugs. So just because they came in with a controller doesn't mean they lack that knowledge. But when it comes to like young DJs, a lot of times that is the case. So I think the best thing that I want to uh, get across here is if you're just starting out and you bought your first controller, that's what you're learning the DJ on. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. It's a great stepping stone into that uh, uh, realm of DJing and it's at a low cost. So you don't waste a lot of money if you find out in a couple of months that this isn't really you, then it's just a toy that costs you a couple hundred and maybe you give it to someone, but it's uh, a little bit easier to get started. I get that, there's nothing wrong with that. But it's a good thing to know that if you're planning to do this for real, for real, so not just to have fun at home, playing in the bedroom, but if you wanna go out and go to clubs and do it like that, you want to make sure that you become knowledgeable, that you know more than just that little piece of equipment you have at home, that you truly understand all the basics of everything that is on your controller, because most of the features and functions will be on the DJ gear that's in the club as well. Now, I'm not saying that you have to play on other equipment. If you choose to play on your controller, that is your choice. You need to be as comfortable as you can be. Um, if that's how you want to play but it would be wise if you also knew a little bit more about the technical side so what happens if anything happens with your controller and you're forced to play on something else wouldn't it be great if you would have at least a little bit of knowledge about the other equipment that's available at the club that can help you out cdjs are not my favorite but i know how to work them so for certain gigs, I know, okay, there's no option for turntables. I can do CDJs. Or I came into clubs uh, uh, with my first Serato setup and something would be wrong with their turntables. So I didn't get a clear signal. I had to switch and just jump on the CDJs. Luckily, I knew how to work them, so I get the job done anyway. So it's always a good thing to know a little bit more than just the thing that you are used to. You can have your personal preference, and of course that's your number one choice, but make sure you do the research. That can help you out just in case something goes wrong. Um, so yeah, that's basically that. That stigma will be around for a long time, I think, and you're still gonna always have the discussions of uh, what's real, what's not, how you should start and all that. I'm not that interested in that. You should not care about someone's opinion. That's not important what someone else thinks of you. Even if it's a well-respected DJ, you should still do you. Um, but you wanna be prepared, man. You wanna be prepared as can be. 
and um you should always be open to learn more i'm i'm open to learn more every day and i learn new things all the time so uh i think that only helps uh so that's that for the modern day DJ, producer or musician, it's more important than ever to make sure you have an online presence. And having your own website is key. Bazoogle makes it easy to build a stunning website for your music in minutes. You can choose from hundreds of mobile friendly themes and then customize your design and content in a few clicks with Bazoogle's easy visual editor. Now all the features you need for a professional website are already built in, including tools to sell your music and merch commission free, mailing list tools to grow your fan list and send newsletters, and integration to pull in content from all your online services, including Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud. I use Bazoogle to create the Share the Knowledge podcast website and that was very easy. Bazoogle plans start at just $8.29 a month and include your own free custom domain name. Now, if you want to try it out for free for 30 days, click on the link in the description box down below and be sure to use the promo code SHARE to get 15% off the first year of your subscription. Uh, I've been watching your videos for a while, love the videos. Now I'm taking DJ classes. Recently, we had set construction class. I didn't understand what our teacher explained. I asked him many doubts. Uh, he was trying to escape from the questions. I tried to find videos on YouTube, but no use. Could you help me with this? Now, I'm feeling like I've wasted money on these classes because I don't like the way they clear my doubts. I hope I will get some help. Ooh. All right. Now, it's going to be hard for me to judge your teacher because I have no idea how the teacher was teaching that class. But there's one thing, though. Um, and I think DJ schools are cool. It's good to have that there because uh, watching online tutorials can help you, but it might only get you so far. If you are talented, you have a good sense of rhythm in you, uh, musical knowledge and all that, then maybe tutorials online are all you need to get that own uh, uh, creativity to take you from there but for a lot of you it might be a lot better to have someone there right next to you that can correct you and guide you in the right direction now I say that knowing that I never had a mentor or teacher or anything like that I'm totally self-taught um, especially when it comes to all the basics I had no one no videos that just came from listening and trying to emulate and having a rhythmical sense drumming helped out a lot uh, like I've talked about before, but I can understand that for a lot of you, uh, getting lessons is better than just online, vi uh, watching some videos online. Now, that being said, I know for a fact here, and that's probably happening all over the place. You have a lot of these workshops and DJ classes that are being taught by people who don't really have the experience themselves. So for instance, I know a lot of people that do workshops, they give workshops. When I know that like a year or two ago, they got their first workshop. So two years ago, they followed a workshop, DJ workshop, and now they're teaching within a year or two. Um, to me, that's all, always a little bit questionable. Um, now you also have DJs that have all the skills and have actual experience but are just not good teachers because explaining something is a totally different thing than knowing how to DJ. So for instance, I see videos online where you can see DJs that are obviously knowledgeable. They know how everything works. They may have a long DJ career, a resume uh, that's possible, 
But when I watch their tutorial and I listen to the way they explain something, they're explaining it in a way that I can understand because I already know everything that they're telling. But I also feel and hear that if I would not have that knowledge, then I would not know what they're talking about because they're not speaking as if they're talking to someone who doesn't know yet. Hope you catch what I'm saying here. So that was my that was my actual uh, strategy. <laughs> it went naturally. It's not something I thought of, but I thought of in the beginning. But when I did my YouTube videos, I had to really tell myself, um, slow it down and talk like you're talking to people who are hearing all of this for the first time which is the most logical thing because if you already know how to DJ, you're not looking for a DJ tutorial. So if someone's looking for a DJ tutorial or if someone's taking a DJ class, they do that because they don't have the skills and knowledge yet. So that's why I'm always taking it from the perspective that I'm talking to someone who is hearing everything for the first time. And I know a lot of DJ teachers or people who teach a DJ class might have a different approach and in this case, you clearly uh, did not connect with that teacher. So either he was talking at a level that just went way over your head, that's possible, uh, or you could just be someone who is uh, thinking about stuff too much, and by doing that, you're not catching the actual message. I've seen that happen way back, I remember in school. The math teacher was telling us a couple of formulas and just explaining like, this is what you use to calculate that. Um, don't give this formula too much thought. This is just how that works. And there was one kid in class who just couldn't comprehend and he needed to truly understand that formula. Otherwise he couldn't get it and he never got it. Maybe that's happening here. Maybe you're thinking too much because sometimes it's better just uh, take something and run with it and see if it works instead of trying to totally understand. Now, it's always good to question a lot of things, but sometimes uh, that's not the case. Now, again, I'm just speculating because I did not follow you in that class. So um, it could be that you just didn't connect on a personal level. I don't know if these are one-on-one -on -one lessons or uh, if it's done classical, uh, uh, like in a class setting with more people. Um, but there's multiple things that could be happening here. And that's always going to be the case. I mean, there I, there's so many DJ classes online now. Uh, for me, it's hard to say if they're all going to be as uh, great. Like I noticed one thing when I saw some of these online classes and they actually introduced the teachers that if I Googled those teachers, I couldn't find a single mixtape or single piece of video footage. Now to me, especially in, in today's day and age, that's kind of sketchy. I mean, I'm never going to claim to be the best DJ. I mean, I know for a fact I'm not the best DJ, uh, but I know that I know what I'm talking about and I know that I can DJ. And anyone can judge that for themselves because I have like 30 or 40 mixtapes online and I have video footage online of me not just doing a routine that's prepared, but just playing in clubs, um, all sorts of things. So I have the actual background and you can check it. And with a lot of the DJs that I saw, it's like 
where's the resume? I don't see it. No mixtapes, nothing. So how do I know that they're actually talking from a lot of experience? Like, if I look at things online, like DJ Angelo, who used to do tutorials on YouTube, great tutorials, some of the best and some of the tutorials that really inspired me. Um, you could not just see him explain in a tutorial, but you could see uh, uh, footage of him playing. And you see one video and you know, like, okay, he's for real. You can take Rob Swift, brolic arm from the executioners. Now, if you're even just a little bit into turntablism, that's enough said. I don't need to say more than Rob Swift executioners. And then you should already know, like, okay, that's like certified. That's like official right there. You know that dude is for real and an expert at it. So in that case, that part is covered. You know that you're dealing with a teacher that has that actual knowledge and experience. But with a lot of these DJ schools, I don't know. I don't know. Um, then again, I have to say, you also have people that are just very skilled at explaining. And even if they're not the best DJ, if they can get the right information across in the right way, that might be all you need to get going. But I don't know, man. So if you're watching my videos and you clearly understand what I'm telling you. So for instance, in my tutorials, you can let me know in the comment section if you see this video, uh, you know this is you that I'm talking to. If you understand what I'm telling you in my tutorials, but you're not understanding your teacher, then most likely it is the teacher. And maybe you can just try a different DJ school. Uh, a lot of these schools, I think they have like these one-offs where you can get one lesson, like just to see where you're at, uh, like a sort of an intake so they can check your level and just try out a few different teachers if you really want to take DJ classes. Um, I can't really help you beyond that. Like I said, I wasn't there, but look into that. I wanted to um, get into something that I recently talked about. So last week I was talking about um, requests and how you deal with song requests um, because I saw someone comment online on one of my old videos and I didn't agree with what was said. So uh, I just um, shared my two cents and I see a new comment on that same video. Um, and I actually already saw that comment and answered, but I got some new answers. So the question was, what do you do if someone approaches you with a bad attitude and demands you play what they want at a wedding and there's no security personnel at the place? So this is all about your safety right now. I said, talk to the client. If it's a wedding, the client most likely knows the guests uh, and also the guests with an attitude and make it clear to the client that you're there to make their event a success and the guest is making it impossible for you to perform. So the response that I got now is, yeah, that's exactly what I did. But the client said, do whatever he wants. It was her brother and she wanted to make him happy, I guess. I'm like, OK, it's your choice, but I can guarantee that the crowd is going to enjoy the music. I play, um, but it's not just for a few. I want to play for everyone. So it's your choice. And guess what he did? 
um, he didn't give a damn and it didn't work at all. The floor was so empty in a couple of minutes. I was so angry. So after about 10 minutes, I went back to my set and revived the floor a while before the party ended. Now, look, this happens a lot. You have people that really want to hear a song, but they're not dancing. And I've seen that happen and I received requests and the request was cool. It was a track that I could actually play during the night, but I told that person like, you're gonna have to wait a while. And this person came back twice. And, I, and each time I just said, it's coming, don't worry. Then when that song came on, I had actual eyes on the person who asked me so I could see that reaction. There was no reaction at all, nothing. Um, yeah, that really bugged me. Like, you're you're asking me three times, and when I play it, there's no reaction at all? Um, look, in this case, when I did it, it was a song that worked, so it didn't really uh, clear the floor. But in the case of this comment I received, this is a wedding situation. You're rocking a party. Someone's getting a little bit... Uh, um, I don't want to say violent, but they're giving you a bad attitude because they want to hear a song and the client is telling you do whatever they want to hear. Um, look, it's a wedding. Is the client telling you? So basically, um, in this scenario, I guess you're going to have to do what that client wants. I don't do weddings, so I don't have a clear vision on what's uh, the normal protocol. But what I would say or suggest, and wedding DJs, if you're hearing this or if you're watching the video clip, please uh, jump in the comment section and let me know. I think this is something that you should cover during the meetings with the client. So you're going to have meetings in advance with the client to talk about the, 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 the event. And I would get that out there. Like, look. I know how to rock these parties. I have experience with weddings. Um, I'm here for you. I want to make sure you have this perfect night um, so we can work, uh, work out and see what you want to hear. But let's get one thing clear. If people are going to request all sorts of songs, what would you like me to do? If I take any requests that they give me, I probably won't have the same type of uh, effect on the crowd because a lot of people will request random songs that might not work with what I'm doing. So do you want me to still just take everything or are we gonna set it up in a way that um, I get to do what I do and maybe we can even set something up where people can put requests in a bowl and I'll pick some if they work. I mean, I'm just off the top of the head saying something, but. Um, you should be able to uh, come to an agreement with the client. And if that client tells you in advance, like, hey, whatever the people at that party want to hear, so whatever request you get, play it, then it's up to you to decide if this is a gig you want to do or not, if this is how you work or not. Again, I'm no expert at weddings. That's one of the reasons why I actually don't really like to do stuff like that. I want to go to a party and play the way I play. I'm there to cater to the crowd, but not in the way that you might have to do at a lot of these weddings. And I see a lot of footage online and you have to be really super open format at a lot of these weddings and play all sorts of stuff um, that I have no interest in playing. So it wouldn't make sense for me to rock at weddings. But um, if that's what you do, 
then you should probably also be more uh, willing to deal with a lot of requests that go in all sorts of directions. Um, yeah, but it's a tough one. But again, even if you decide that you agree with a client that you're going to play whatever anyone wants, there should still be protocol in place how you're going to deal with um people giving you bad attitude there's one thing to take requests but you could be at a wedding people get drunk and people might feel uh, a little bit too free around you and start touching you or touching the equipment there should be something in place that um is already taken care of in advance like look i'm cool with everything but we have to have certain rules how are we going to deal with that if um something like that happens so for instance if people just start touching the equipment who can I talk to that's going to take care of that? Because it's their wedding, but that means that they should also take care of that. Now, it doesn't have to be the bride, but maybe they have like a brother or brother-in-law who can handle stuff like that. I think all of these things can be talked about in advance. Now, I would actually love to hear from the wedding DJs. Um, how is this done? Do you take care of all of this in advance and talk to the client and make arrangements? Or do you just have your own way to deal with that? Because I know a lot of these vlogs that I see from like wedding DJs and mobile DJs, a lot of times I see that you're rolling solo, so you don't have an extra person there that could be sort of like your security either. So how do you actually deal with that? I would love to know because I play in clubs and clubs have security, so it's definitely a different, um, different scenario. Let me know in the comment section down below. I'm going to keep this podcast pretty uh, uh, pretty short. Just a couple of topics uh, that we talked about today. And I'll be back next Monday with the longer version. Right now, I got to go back to the kids. It's their final day off. So we're going to have a little more fun before I have to send them off the bed. Um, again, if you want to ask me questions, you can do that through email. DJTLMTV at DJTLM.com. You can check me on Instagram. Hit me on a DM or leave a comment. Of course, YouTube. YouTube.com slash DJTLMTV. Comment section under any video or on my channel. That works. Uh, and on Facebook, check out the Share the Knowledge Facebook group. Links for everything are going to be in the description box down below. Also to the podcast website and my normal website. And you can also check out the link to my sponsor, Banzoogle, and try out their services um, for free for 30 days. So I'll be back next Monday. Until that time, um, have fun, practice, DJ, do what you do, and I'll be back. Peace.